0: an honor and a privilege to be here with you this morning. I want to share with you just a few stories before I share the word with you. But right here you're looking at a radio antenna. This little baby right here costs about $350 and it comes with this small transmitter. Through one of these an entire community can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. In one scenario, I drove from Conway, Arkansas to Little Rock to fly to Dallas, to Miami, then to Lima, Peru, then for eight hours on a bus, then a taxi, then eight hours by boat, and then I got to a village where there were over a hundred chiefs of different communities and saying, please, please, can we have one of these so that people from our village can hear the word of God. And I asked the first one, and where is your community? And he said, it's only eight hours up the river. (laughs) By then I was exhausted, but there are hundreds of people that would love to have one of these so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be heard in their own language. Which, by the way, I am speaking to you in a language that's foreign to me. Because English is not my first language and I don't have time to tell you where I grew up but just in five minutes I'll share with you that where I grew up there was no electricity, there was no running water, well the running water was from a creek, from a river um, and I came north looking for a better life, I thought, but I found Jesus Christ. You see, my father was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and an abuser, but somebody told him about Jesus Christ, and it was a young man, a 16-year-old young man, that told him about Jesus Christ. His reason, actually, for, for coming to the U.S. first was to buy weapons, go back to his country, and kill people. Instead, he went back and told them about Jesus Christ but someone had to tell him about Jesus Christ. Somebody had to love on him. Can I give you some homework today before uh, you return for your evening service? If you will do me a favor and go to your computers or to your smartphones and go to a website called globalrichlist.com. On this site, you will find, actually, if you input how much money you make a year, where you rank in the world's most affluent. But let me, uh, let me help you cheat for a little bit. If you make $15,000 a year, you're in the top 20% of the world's most affluent. $15,000 a year, you're in the top 20% of the world's most affluent. And let me just put that into perspective. In some countries, you can actually pay the salary of about 30 doctors with that kind of money. The medium income here in the U.S., it's about 49.5, almost $50,000. If that is the case, you are ranked in the top 1% of the world's most affluent. In other words, if we reduce 7 billion people, we, or we take 100% of that, 7 billion, you're standing in position number 1 and you look behind you and there's 99 people that are worse off than you are. If as a family you make 495. But do do some homework on that. And think about this radio station that for $350 we can place several of those in different parts of the world. Which by the way an entire community can come to hear, to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I do want to thank you that since 2013, Brister Baptist Church, here in Emerson, this is where we are, right? You have been supporting us with a $140 offering per month. And, And we want to thank you for that. And I have just lost my microphone. I apologize about that. And I want to thank you for that. So if you will turn with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 18. And before I open the word, I want to also draw your attention to number 27 of the Heavenly Highway Hymns. I'm not going to sing it. My wife laughed. By the way, I have my wife, Lisa, my daughter, Elise, my son, Elias, my daughter, Elan, who's turning five today, and my daughter, Allison, here with me today. I've been on the road uh, all last month and a little bit the month before, and I have a few more appointments, and so I brought them along today uh, to spend some time uh, with them, and I appreciate them being here. But number 27 of the Heavenly Highway Hymns. I am satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city... Where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that's silver-lined. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop, and that bright land will never grow old. And someday yonder, we will never ever more wonder, but walk the streets that are purest gold. Aren't you excited and glad that Jesus Christ has redeemed you and saved you, that one day you will get to walk those streets of gold and crystal seas? And I'm excited that it's not because of who you are and where you're from. There's a passage that, uh, that I love in Romans chapter 10 that tells us that there is no difference between Greek nor Jew, and I'm glad that it doesn't say because you're a certain skin color or you're from a certain background or you have a certain socioeconomic level or because you live in a certain community, but I'm glad that it says whosoever. And I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ died for whosoevers. And I'm glad that I'm also one of those whosoevers that came to know Jesus Christ. LifeWord produces the... Word of uh, gospel broadcasting in forty three languages, and actually, you saw in the video that it's forty two, but we are in forty three. And I want to share with you that my wife doesn't like to share uh, me for me to share you, uh, this with you, but I'm actually using a stolen Bible. I will be using a stolen Bible. I got to preach the other day, and I didn't have a good English Bible, and at some churches. At the back, you can find lost and found. Well, this is one of those, and I've given credit to the young man in here, Aiton Stewart, and he never claimed it, and so I've been using it uh, since then. Otherwise, I would be preaching to you in Spanish. But I also want to briefly just show you some pictures from one community. You may have heard of them. This is called the Garifuna community in Honduras, Central America. And just a quick story on that. A missionary by the name of David Dixon, don't know if you've heard of him, from this area actually close by, I think he lives maybe in Magnolia, if I'm not mistaken, he wanted to go to Africa as a missionary, but the Lord sent him to Honduras, Central America. And one day while on the beach, he heard a foreign dialect, and he saw what looked like an African little boy playing, and he listened closely. Which, by the way, this people group—they hail from Africa. They were brought over in the 1600s to work on the plantations as slaves. Their ship shipwrecked, and they swam to an island called San Vicente, and they later landed in Belize and Honduras and various countries. Which, by the way, let me tell, let me put this plug in. I am sitting in in the home of one of the leaders there. His name is Ricardo Herrera Ramirez. And I look up, and they've got a picture of the family, eight by ten, and then there is like a twenty by twenty of Dr. Eric Gobel. <laughs> and I'm like, how in the world? And of course, the Garifuna people think, here's Jesus, here's God, Jesus, brother David Dixon, Dr. Eric Gobel. I don't know how that works but but I wanted to share with you about this Bible that I found. But how many of you have more than one Bible in your home? Amen. Did you read it? These people right here they hit the streets and they celebrate. Oh my goodness, you've never seen a celebration like this. They'll celebrate for a full day and then sometimes another day and sometimes they keep going. So let me just show you some pictures of the entire community people group that hits the streets thanking God for the fact that they have the Word of God in their own language. So here, just all day long, praising, and, and they hit the streets, they march and sing and pray and preach all day long for the fact that they have the Word of God in their own language. Now, we also, Life Word Broadcast Ministries, we were the first ministry to do a broadcast in their own language, which, by the way, one of their words, it's about 26 characters long, and I don't know how Brother David Dixon, a guy from Arkansas, learned that language, but he did, um, and now these men, these are pastors, and they are doing a Bible uh, broadcast program for that community, and it's a roundtable discussion where they open up the Word, which, by the way, a lot of them came from voodoo practices and all kinds of witchcraft. Brother David Dixon will tell you stories about even some of their younger children slithering through the pews and chairs and would all of a sudden start speaking in a tongue, demon-possessed, and they would start talking about their ancestors. And these were children that weren't learning the archaic. It would be as if today a child would start slithering through the benches and speaking King James Version uh, English type thing. And you're thinking, child, what's wrong with you? But often he was the oppression and the occult, the, uh, it was heavy. But now these men and entire communities have come to know Jesus Christ through one of the broadcasts. And so this is what they're doing now. They preach the word, they discuss the word, they record the word, and we air the word of Jesus Christ in in various languages, and this is one of many. So let me tell you briefly about the cloud. Have you heard about the cloud, the LifeWord cloud? Which, by the way, if you want to help us promote it, you can uh, order you one of these T-shirts. There's long sleeves and short sleeves. But let me tell you briefly about the cloud. LifeWord is launching, we've launched what we're calling the cloud. And if you don't know what the cloud is, basically, in essence, it's a service that, how many of you do Netflix, for example? Netflix, the young people do Netflix, hosts videos somewhere on a server, on a big computer, on the cloud. Well, How LifeWord is using this technology is to put video, audio, text in the language of the hearer, of the listener so that they can hear the word of God in their own language. And I could show you video after video, but we're doing Arabic, African French, Spanish, Swahili, Garifuna, More. Have you heard of some of these languages? Well, these are people group that Jesus Christ loves and died for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and this is the part that I love, that whosoever, I love that. I was a little boy that had nothing, no running water, no shoes, no clothing. My father had abandoned me, and I wanted a better life. But I'm glad he found me. Jesus found me. That's the better life. That's the abundant life. But what we're putting on here is broadcasts in every single language that we can get our hands on. Right now, we're in 43 languages, but our desire and our prayer is that in 200 languages, we can reach the world for Christ. There's a passage in Matthew that says that when the the kingdom of God has been preached to all, then the end will come. And we feel that we are ushering in the kingdom of God because... Every, you know what comforts me? That in the book of Revelation, there's a passage that says that from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, you know what we'll be doing? We'll be praising and worshiping the Lord. And my desire is that God will use this to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so will you pray for the cloud that as we are bringing on new languages and new opportunities to... uh, Preach the word of God. Right now, we are producing it in Chinese, in Cantonese, in Mandarin, um, and multiple other languages that you may have never uh, heard of. So again, these are people that Jesus died for, um, and he loves them as he loves you. All right, so now if you'll turn with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 18. And then uh, I will open it up for a time of questions and um, that's okay, Dr. Goble. And then, um, how much time do I have? <laughs> Did you hear him? And, and you didn't hear my wife, which, by the way, I'm also a pastor in Conway, Arkansas, and I work full-time for, for LifeWord. But uh, we've had, at one point, about 12 nationalities represented in our church, and our services go from 11 to 3, and so that's what I'm accustomed to. So, but I'm not going to keep you that long. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you that long. All right, so Luke chapter 18, verse 18. If you'll read with me, please. And a certain ruler asked them, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Let me pause there for a second. Do you know what it takes, what you need to do to inherit eternal life? If you do, please raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to switch passages on you, but if... Just leave your hand there, and I'm going to read uh, Luke 10, verse 25 for you. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I find in the book of Luke, two different men asking Jesus Christ what they must do to inherit eternal life. However, in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, this is, it says, a certain lawyer. In order to become a lawyer, you had to have been at least a scribe for 10 years, and ascribed what he did. He copied the word of God by hand for at least 10 years to become a, an interpreter of the, lo- of the law, as other translations say it. And in order to interpret the law of God, guess what? You need to know the law, which I'm going to give you a summary of 1025. Jesus tells them, how do you read it? How do you understand it? He says, well, love the Lord your God with all, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then wanting to justify himself, this man said, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells him a story about the good Samaritan. And that's not where I'm going to be today, but, but just in summary, Jesus tells them there was a Levite, there was a priest, they saw this man that was beaten up by thieves, and at the end, the Samaritan took care of this man. Jesus said, who was the neighbor? The lawyer said, the Samaritan was the good neighbor. And Jesus said, Go do that, and you will live. My point there is that the thief's attitude was, what's yours is mine, and I'll take it. The Levite and the priest's attitude was, what's mine is mine, and I won't share it. The attitude of the good Samaritan was, what's mine is yours, take it, use it, I'll give it to you. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but he, I mean, Invested in him, put him on his own beast, paid for his uh, hotel stay and took care of him. But Jesus said this was the good neighbor. But here we have a different scenario in Luke eighteen eighteen. This is a young ruler. He's got money. He's an important person. So a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, saying, good master, what shall I do to in- inherit eternal life? Notice that this young man is asked. Calling the Lord good master. Can I let you in on a secret? I think this young man is comparing himself to Jesus Christ. How do I deduce this from this passage? Well, let's read it. And a certain ruler asked them, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 19. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one. That is God. But this is what I think he's saying. Good master, I'm as good as you are. And Jesus is saying, oh, really? You think you're as good as I am? Yes, sir. I'm as good as you are. Jesus says, I think you're wrong. There's only one good, and that's God. And why do I think he thinks he's good? Let's read on. So, verse 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, let's make another pause. Jesus has only mentioned five commandments. How many do we have? And we've often said that some are vertical, some are horizontal. You know, sins against God and sins against your fellow man. Well, wait wait a minute. What's the, uh, the Ten Commandments are reduced to two? Love the Lord your God with all that you are, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But, but notice what this young man is saying. Jesus told him, you know these commandments, but look how he responds in verse 21. And he said... What did he say? All these have I kept from my youth up. Now you notice his attitude? <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm as good as you are. <laughs> I've kept all of these. Oh, really? Let's, let's read on. Verse 22. Now when Jesus heard these things... He said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Uh, I don't like that verse, by the way. May I submit to you that I am... One of the world's wealthiest people? Did you know that? But so are you. How many of you came here on a donkey this morning? Walked? I I would venture to say that the vast majority of you drove at least a $100 vehicle. Maybe, right? Have a home? Except uh, Brother Jeremy, I think he's got land. He has nowhere to live yet, right? (laughs) But you know what? This also reminds me of another another story of Luke. There was a man that found a hidden treasure. And after he found it, he, he went back and hid it. Then he went back home and sold everything that he had So that he could go purchase that land so that he could have that treasure. I believe Luke 13 43, if I'm not mistaken. But you know who that treasure is? I think the treasure is Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. My question to you this morning is Are you willing? Okay, wait a minute. Here's what Jesus is offering, this is what this world has to offer. I think we sang about it here in number 27, mission over the hilltop, mansion over the hilltop. But let's look at what this how this story develops. So Jesus told them, yet lackest thou one thing, yet lackest thou one thing. So you think that you have it all under control, that you're perfect, that you're good because you kept all this, but you're lacking. I think he's telling them, you lack the, the most important thing. <laughs> the most important thing. But he tells them, you lack, lack is one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You have treasure here, but Jesus is asking them to get rid of the earthly treasure so that he can have heavenly treasure. That's huge. That's huge. But not only get rid of it, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. You know, when Jesus said, come follow me, he typically meant, come follow me. Now, I cannot even begin to comprehend God's holiness, but his holiness demands obedience, but not only obedience, he demands complete obedience and immediate obedience. This is the offer that Jesus is making to this young man. You think you have it all, you think you've, you're perfect, you think you're good, but you're lacking one thing, Get rid of all, and some. I've heard some preachers say, "You know what? Jesus wasn't really telling them to get rid of all." May I submit to you that Jesus was telling them, "Get rid of it all. Get rid of all of it." Oh well, God wouldn't ask me to do that. Um, He's blessed me. I've been guilty of saying, "Thank you, Lord, for blessing me." But when you and I refer to blessings, what kind of blessings are we talking about? Are we talking about this stuff? The Bible tells me that this stuff will rot. Will where thieves steal. You know, he's offering us treasure in heaven, but this stuff right here will one day have an end. So let's let's see what happens here, verse twenty three. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Whoa, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, well, let me pause there. This word right here, sorrowful, it's a hard word for me to say in English. Help me out. How do you say it? Thank you. I can hardly pronounce it sorrowful, sorrowful. But you know what that word means? I only found it a few other times in the Bible. Two of those times are in this passage. The only other time that I found it is when Jesus is agonizing, knowing that he must give his life, and he knows that there is no other way for man to be saved. In this sorrowful, it's almost to be to agonize unto death. And this is what Jesus tells them. How hardly shall they that have riches enter in the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. So Peter is saying, wait wait a minute. So if the rich can't go to heaven, or it seems like it's impossible for them, we've left it all. And they had asked, who can be saved then? And I'm not going to take the time to go to all these other passages, but Jesus said, if you're not willing to leave mother and father and all these things, you're not worthy of being my disciple. And those are strong words. And of course, if we are to love God and love our neighbor and love our family, and the way that I see that is, yes, we love our mom and dad, our family, but that when we compare it to God's love, that difference right there, man, uh, that gap, it almost makes this seem to be, that we hate our family, but we love God above all things. Isn't that the Aren't those the commandments? Love the Lord your God with all, above all things? In, in, in the Luke 13 45 passage of where the, um, the hidden treasure is, basically, is again to love God above all things. The question is do we love the earthly things or we, do we love God above all things? But here Peter is saying, man, we have left it all to follow thee verse 29 and he said unto them verily i say unto you there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of god's sake who shall receive i'm sorry who who shall not receive a manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting May I ask you a question? Are the treasures of this world more important than what Jesus is offering? What's your attitude? And if I may call again on Luke 10, the attitude of the lawyer was, I know it all because he was challenging Jesus. He was saying, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But he was challenging Jesus. This young man supposedly also wants to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. To the lawyer, Jesus told him, Love your neighbor. And is it loving your neighbor what gets you saved? No, it's because you are a believer of Jesus Christ that you will love on your your neighbor. May I submit to you that... um, If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. C.T. Studd uh, said that. Hudson Taylor said, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. May I ask you a question? I'm going to ask this side, please. What is greater? The Great Commandment? Or the Great Commission? If you feel that the Great Commandment is greater, raise your hand. The Great Commission? I see a few hands of each. (laughs) That's a trick question. Both. If the Great Commandment is to love the Lord your God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself, and the Great Commission is to go and tell people about Jesus Christ, we ought to love them enough to tell them about Jesus Christ. The young man that told my father about Jesus Christ was only 16 years old. Which, by the way, I told you that my father was an alcoholic, a drug addict, a womanizer, and any time he saw a man with a Bible under his armpit, he tried to run over them. If somebody witnessed to him, and he had a beer, he would throw it in their face. If he was smoking and somebody witnessed to him, he would blow the smoke in their face. But this 16-year-old boy told my father about Jesus Christ, which now this young man has passed away. He actually, his heart had not fully formed, but he lived long enough to tell my father about Jesus Christ. His sister has also passed away. But she was very instrumental in my family and I coming to Jesus Christ. Actually, they were knocking on doors, and they knocked on our door. And my father had it at first poked fun at them. But you know what? He single, listened to every single word that he had to say about Jesus Christ. And sorry about my family. <laughs> Don't let me distract them. This is Ellison. All right, she'll help me. And then, one by one, we started coming to the feet of Jesus Christ. But you know what? Now there's a church in the village that I come from. My father was going to kill them, because at first it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but somebody told us about Jesus Christ. And then... There are those in communities and villages that yet to hear about Jesus Christ. And you know what? Through one of these little radio stations, we can tell them about Jesus Christ. Is Jesus asking you to sell everything that you have and give it away? No. Uh, Is uh, no. Is he? Well, maybe all he's asking you to do is, you know what? I drink a Coke or a Pepsi every day. Could I sacrifice that? And then maybe within a year, I might be able to buy one of these and put it on a village. Then, but this young man right here, uh, uh, I'm not as, uh, uh, as rich uh, um, as him, um, I have a house, I have a a car, um, I've got just a little bit in the bank, but uh, um, I don't think the Lord is asking me to, uh... did I tell you that you are among the most affluent in the world? Just the mere fact that you can get up on Sundays and come to church freely is an amazing thing. I have seen a few uh, UPS and FedEx and DHL trucks. But what would happen if their attitude was, Lord, thank you for all these packages that you've given to me? You know what their job is? To deliver them. Can I ask you this? Do you know why the Lord has blessed you? So that you can be a blessing to others. It's not so that we can do hashtag blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. If the Lord has blessed you, he has blessed you to be a blessing. Are you choosing the earthly things or the heavenly things? I'm going to wrap up pretty soon, but... John Stott said this. We engage in evangelism today... Not because we want to, or because we choose to, or because we like to, but because we have been told to. The church is under orders. The risen Lord has commanded us to go to preach, to make disciples, and that is enough for us. May I ask this side one question? What is more important, to preach the word of God or to sing To the Lord Almighty. To preach, raise your hand. (laughs) To sing and praise to the Lord Almighty. Uh, We are split again, right? And I did hear both. And y'all are smart, it is both. And we do need to preach this word. We need to live it out. But you know what? One day, praising and singing will be greater because one day we will not need the preaching of the word of God because we will see him and for all eternity we will sing to him but right now we need to do both we need to preach so that others can know Jesus Christ and come and worship him as well because the almighty God deserves all honor and all glory and we need to praise him and serve him Steve Hawthorne said, you can do something other than working with God and His purpose, but it will always be something lesser, and you couldn't come up with something better. We are on this earth for one reason, for one purpose. is to make the name of Jesus known, to make Him famous. It's not to live the comfortable life. It's not to um, just... Warm benches, not that you do, I I know you're supporting and active, but as a whole, as a country, as a nation, and I would rather be preaching Jesus in the hardest places of all than to be sitting in the comfort of my own home and pass away eating a hamburger or a cheeseburger. The other um, time that I was in Lebanon, Hezbollah was pretty active. There was war between Syria and Lebanon. My driver, I was in Lebanon, and my driver was from Syria, and there was war between Syria and Lebanon. There was an army tank right here in my face. Uh, There was an AK-47 on this side and an M-16 on this side. My driver, who happens to be from Syria, and we are in Lebanon where Syria and Lebanon were at odds, and there's bombs and all kinds of issues happening, he just whispers to me, because I don't understand Arabic, but he said, "Uh, don't worry, they're just talking about how they're going to dispose of our bodies after they kill us. (laughs) Okay, let's not worry. But you know what? I would rather be in the middle of that situation, knowing that I'm in the middle of God's will, (laughs) than being disobedient at home, comfortable, living that life. Robert Savage said the following, the command has been to go... But we have stayed in body, in gifts, in prayer, and in influence. He had asked us to witness unto the uttermost parts of the earth, but 99% of Christians have kept puttering around the homeland. What is the Lord asking you to do this morning? John Piper said, There are no uncalled Christians. You are either a gore, a sender, or disobedient. What are you? And I will use this last quote from A.W. Tozer. He said, Christians don't tell lies. They just go to church and sing them. We sing, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Is that the truth? Have you surrendered? All to Jesus. And we'll sing, wherever he leads, I'll go. Will we? Will you? The great question is not, will not the heathen be saved if we do not send them the gospel? But are we saved ourselves if we do not send them the gospel? Carl Spurgeon said that. The great question is not, will not the heathen be saved if we do not send them the gospel? But are we saved ourselves if we do not send them the gospel? So where I grew up, I had to crawl on my knees till my knees bled and my bones were showing And maybe then, maybe, my sins might be forgiven if I had crawled long enough, far enough, and sacrificed enough. That was the religion that I was taught. And maybe your sins might be forgiven. But nobody had told me any different. Until that 14-year-old young lady and that 16-year-old man invited us to Jesus Christ. We had nothing. The church donated clothes for us to wear. And I'm thankful for them. Will you be obedient as one of these? Will you pray for life for it as we produce 43 languages, but our goal is 200 languages? There are thousands of languages around the world, But there are still so many that have yet to hear a clear gospel presentation in their own language. I could have said this morning, Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo, que ha dado a su Hijo unigénito, para que todo aquel que en él cree no se pierda, mas tenga vida eterna. That's my heart language. Now I can understand a little bit in a few other languages, but that's my heart language. I loved worshiping with you in your language, but that's your heart language. There's a people group called the Kekchi, and then there's the Quechua, and then there's the Aymara, and then there are, and I could go on and on. But the Kekchi had not come to know Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because they couldn't believe in a God who didn't speak their language because they didn't have the word of God in their language. And they said, you talk about your God being a big God? I can't believe in a God that's so big that he doesn't even care about me because he doesn't speak my language. But I'm thankful for the people that were obedient and translated the Bible into their language. And now we have a broadcast in their language as well. I'm done. But this young rich ruler thought that he was something else because he was keeping certain things, but may I submit to you that he was breaking every single commandment. The first one is, thou shalt not have other gods before me. You know who his God was? Himself, finances, everything else except God. Who is your God today? Is it the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham? Or is it one that we've conjured up in our minds and one that we can manipulate and one that we can dictate orders to? May it be the almighty God who we serve and surrender to and obey and swap everything that this earthly world has to offer for what Jesus is offering, the true abundant life and the true heavenly riches that only he can give. Yes, I know that he's the God of all, And I trust them, and I obey them, and I pray that we all will do that. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Brister Baptist Church. Thank you for their pastor, Dr. Eric Goble. Thank you for Brother Jeremy and their families. And I pray, Father, that you continue to give them wisdom. Thank you for their involvement in being a church that lives out the Great Commission and is obedient to the marching orders that you've given to the church. I thank you that they give sacrificially to various uh, projects and missions initiatives. And I thank you for what they're doing in this community. And thank you for their partnership with LifeWord. And Father, I pray that you bless each family, that you will use them in great ways to bring honor and glory to yourself. And most of all, I thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins. And I thank you for Brother Demas who told my family about Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the hundreds and thousands that have come to know you because one young man, a 16-year-old boy, was obedient to your voice and your command. rejecting everything that this world had to offer and submitting to your will so that many can come, could come to know you. And I thank you for the hundreds and thousands that get, for the one-fourth of the world that gets to hear one of the gospel presentations in the languages that life for does. And again, I thank you for churches like Bristol Baptist Church that join efforts in proclaiming your name and making it known, making your name known to the uttermost parts of the world. I ask your special blessings upon this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know if there are any questions about LifeWord, and if there are, I would love to answer those before I sit down. I about- yes, sir. Yes, sir? That, that is a great question, Dr. Goebel. Um, typically, it will vary from country to country and region to region. But if I'm, as earlier as I described, if personally or someone from the U.S. is going, then it could potentially cost about $2,500 average, give or take, depending on the country. But we also like to maximize that. So, for example, if we are going to the region of Peru or to a village in Africa or elsewhere, we try to do more than one so that, again, we can maximize that. So, um, so if we are able to take half a dozen, we'll do that. But then if we can ship them, sometimes it's difficult. Now, there are countries where it's illegal to do these, and there are countries where we are doing it very creatively. So, for example, in... Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, we will um, typically approach the government first. We will give the government the radio station and the equipment and, and radio receivers so that they can communicate with the village. So that if there's some kind of disease or a storm or something, they can communicate with them. And then they say, why are you doing this? Well, because we are believers in Jesus Christ, which by the way, we also have a medical team that we can bring and help your communities Yes, please bring them. And why are you doing this? Because we're Christian? Can you tell us more about this Jesus of yours? And then we get to do that. If we take the approach of preaching the gospel in some of these countries over the airwaves, we would be imprisoned immediately or killed immediately. So that's why, so we take some creative approaches. So in some, we don't necessarily uh, uh, give one to every village initially, but we'll give it to the government. So it depends on the cost and how the range. This one is a 15 watt, which will cover a small village. And when I refer a small village, sometimes we're talking about 50,000 people, 100,000 people. And so it depends on the village too. Some are so spread out, but about 2,500 is the, uh, the cost. But right now we're training leaders in every country to set them up and then we can just ship them to them and do it more effectively as well. So any other questions? Great question, which, by the way, if you would encourage your pastor, we would love to have his sermons on the cloud so that they can be searchable by topic, by theme, by keywords, by scripture reference, downloadable, and then we can translate them into other languages. But the, co- the initial cost is nearly 100000 Whoa, 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 that's a lot of money. Well, just to put it in perspective... If we're going to buy airtime, for example, in Little Rock, I can buy a dollar a minute. But if I go to New York or Dallas or Houston or Chicago, sometimes some of those radio stations want about $1,000 for that minute. But if we can build our own cloud, so if this radio station costs us, let's say, $10,000 a year to reach this community, through a radio station, with the cloud and social media, by the way, we can cover that same area for a fraction of the cost through our cloud. And just to give you perspective, three weeks ago or four weeks ago when we launched the cloud, which is up right now, and we're beginning to add all the languages that we have, right now we've added English, Spanish, Garifuna, Swahili, and Arabic. So we have a clear gospel presentation in these languages, but in addition to that, we have Bible preaching and teaching and audio, video, text that we're producing in these languages. And so this requires, we have over 250 team members around the world, again, working on this and in various languages, 43 languages right now. And so uh, translating, so if we want to produce just one broadcast, a 15-minute broadcast in 43 languages, not only do you need a team to produce it in English, recording, editing, audio, video, and then if we're going to translate that into 200 languages, it requires quite a bit of effort. And then to put it on the air, in this case on the cloud. But just to put it in perspective, four weeks ago, one five-minute show that I did in Spanish, it reached a million people, and right now I'm still interacting with over a thousand people via the cloud and social media, which I'm answering questions like, I'm, I'm facing with atheists, I'm facing uh, serial seekers, which means some of these people just are asking questions because they want to ask questions, and then there are the people that are really, truly uh, wanting to know more, and making professions of faith, so... Um, uh, but that's the perspective of the, of the, the amount. So. If no other questions, I'll hang around here. And um, I don't have many, but I'll pass some of these out. Uh, clouds, I'll give one to your pastor. Uh, just as a reminder to pray for this. You can clear your phone with your, your computer screen, uh, your phone, coffee, cup, holder, whatnot. So um, anyway, thank you for allowing me to be here. And I lost my microphone again. May the Lord continue blessing you and thank you for your patience.